Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm going to try to build my best behavior. I know everybody want to go see the game. <laughs> everybody like, no, we good. This is why I love y'all. Truly, again, it's an honor and privilege to be able to share the word of God with you today. Um, first of all, thank you to Pastor David. Thank you for your friendship, for your support. We met during a pandemic. <laughs> over the internet, we thank see Facebook thank you good for something for once. <laughs> we met over the pandemic, and you know God has blessed us to be able to maintain that relationship. So when He said He was a Logan, I said, "You are where now?" He said, Logan, I said, oh, you're down, the, you're down the freeway from me. Okay. So it's, it's just, it's been an honor to be able to watch, watch this journey, be able to be in prayer with you all about some things. Um, you know, so everybody's like, okay, well, uh, with my church, I know some of you probably, probably have heard, we have to move out of our building in December. So we over the past six weeks? <laughs> over the past six weeks, uh, we've been going virtual only. Um, or I've been pre-recording and ending up at other churches. It's why you met me last month. Um, and, you know, for a lot of places, they'll be like, what are we going to do? I'm like, I thank God for it, because one, is a time of rest. I told everybody in December, you got two months to get healthy. If, if you want to catch the Rona, this is your window to catch it, because once it gets back together in March, all bets are off. <laughs> but it also gives me the opportunity to be able to do, to fulfill my role in, in the bishopric, to be able to go into churches and just minister to them and also support them in what they're doing and also give them the word of the Lord um, in the season that they're in. Uh, my wife, my, my beautiful, lovely, amazing, wonderful wife, Pastor Rachel Green, sends her love. She was supposed to be with me today. But the two-year-old got, well, the almost two-year-old got all of us sick. <laughs> so she's at home tending to the kids and herself, and I am here. And I thank God, I thank God for strength in my body. I'm going to go to school. I thank God for strength in my body, the ability of my limbs. Because when I got up this morning, I said, Lord, for real, what are we about to do? God said, proceed. Because I believe I have a word, a word today that is going to speak not just to the life of this church, but to the life of the church universal. Amen? Amen. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord. To the cross where thou hast died, drawing near, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. I am thy Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told of love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith. And be closer, drawn to thee. If you know this chorus, sing with me. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer. 
your blessed Lord to thy precious Father God, in the name of Jesus, first of all, we thank you. We thank you for the ability to gather together freely. We don't have to worry about the military breaking down our door. We don't have to worry about violence coming our way. Lord God, we thank you that we are able to gather together in this place and gather together across the four corners of the earth to be able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. Lord God, I pray that I decrease and you increase in me. In fact, do do what my physical body can't do today in the name of Jesus. We come against every 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 attack of the enemy. We pray that all technology works in the name of Jesus. We pray that there are no distractions. There's nothing that's trying to pull us away from this word. Because we know that this is a now word for a now season. And God, we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of our message today is Up and Out. Up and out. So listen, I, I, I come from a, we, yeah, a true vision Christian community, a talking church, so if you want to go ahead and holler and talk back, feel free. Because I believe that God, God is taking us up. And now somebody holler up and out for me. Holler up and out. Up, yep, there we go. We're going to bump the tension. Alright, so listen, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to teach a little bit, and then if and then if the Lord wanted to be so, we're going to go ahead, there might be a little hoop, I don't know how this is going to go. But I believe that God has given us a word. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah, the second chapter. If you got your Bible, or as I said, I hope you got your Bible, your fiber, that's your phone Bible, your tiber, which is your tablet Bible. I'm going to bring you to my tablet. Hallelujah. And we're going to, so we're going to go to Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. And then put your hand in Micah 4, 1 through 7. Isaiah 2, chapters 1 through 5. And Micah 4, chapter 1 through 7. Is it okay if I come down here and preach? I'm going to be close to y'all, folk distant. All right. Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. And if you have to keep it moving, you put your bookmark, put your thumb, highlight it, then go back <laughs> to Micah 4, 1 through 7. And I'm going to be reading from the Christian standards, so I might read different from what you have in front of you. And the word of the Lord says this, the vision, this is the Isaiah scripture, the vision that Isaiah, son of Amar, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up the sword against nation and they will never again train for war. House of Jacob, come and let us walk in the Lord's light. Let's go ahead and jump over the mic and we'll jump about 10 books over. Go, go with Micah. So for my Bible scholars, you know Isaiah is a major prophet and Micah is a minor prophet. But let's see what the Lord says in this matter. Micah 1, sorry, Micah 4, 1 through 7. Micah 4, 1 through 7. Micah 4, 1 through 7. 
In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. People will stream to it, and many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways, and we may walk in his path. For instruction will go out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among many peoples and provide arbitration for strong nations that are far away. They will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up the sword against nation, and they will never again train to war. I hope that sounds familiar to you, but let's keep reading. But each person will sit under his grapevine and under, under his fig tree with no one to frighten them. For the mouth of the Lord of armies has spoken. Though all the peoples walk in the name of their own gods, we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. On that day, this is the Lord's declaration, I will assemble the lame and gather the scattered. Uh -huh. those, who, those I have injured, I will make the lame into a remnant, those far removed from a strong, into a strong nation. Then the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time on and forever. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. So we're going to look at two concepts, and, and is it okay if I take, take a little bit of my time today? I've been preaching in front of a camera for a few months, so can I take my time and truly flesh out what God's given me? So we're looking at the, at the first context of the word up. In both scriptures, it says, come, let us go up to the mountain. The mountain that they're talking about is Mount Zion. In Hebrew, you say Sion. And Mount Zion is where they believe that the presence of God dwells. So what they're saying is, let's get to the throne room. Let's get to the place where God is. And, and here's the thing, going to Zion was an act of worship. Because you went up that mountain with intention to commune with God. Some, most of y'all don't know this, but I'm actually an English professor by trade. And uh, when I was studying for my, for my undergraduate degree, I had to read, I had to have a whole class on the Canterbury Tales. It's this group of stories where these people are on, their, on a pilgrimage to, to Canterbury. Canterbury was, is, is a holy place in England where, they, where the church, where the main church is, and I, and I have to go there at some point to have a, to commune with God and get some answers, right? So while they're on the road, they tell all these stories and see which person has the best story. Our, our, our Islamic brothers and sisters are charged to go to Mecca at least once in their life. So they are able to commune so they get able to commune together. But the beauty of, of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is I don't have to go hop on no plane to get to it. I don't have to walk, walk my feet back to get to him. All I have to do is make sure I'm in a right alignment with him. Psalms 24 says this. The earth and everything in it. This is actually one of my favorite psalms. The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundations over the seas and established it on the rivers. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Mount Zion. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands might have a clean hand. I said, see, see, I like y'all. We're going to be talking today. Clean hands and a pure heart. Who has 
not appeal to what is false, or in who has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of the, of the God of Jacob. Say that. I mean, think about it. Think about it for a second. Lift, lift up your hands, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is he, this king of glory? Who is he? The Lord of armies. He is the king of glory. Say it out. Say it Think about it for a moment. In fact, let it marinate for a second. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the Lord strong and mighty. So here's the reality of the situation that we're in. Is that verses, verses 3 through 6 pretty much tell us that you can't go up to Mount Zion in any kind of old way. That you have to make, let me, let me tell you how deep it got in looking at Old Testament practices. That once a year, the priests have to go present themselves and bring the sins of the people to the Ark of the Covenant. Because if you look at how the temple was modeled, you had the outer court, you had the inner court, and you had the Holy of Holies that was divided by a veil that was what, about 12 inches thick, it's pretty thick, right? We talked about on Easter that the veil was torn, it was that veil that was torn. But before we could have free access, uh, the priest, it, it was like holy survivor, y'all. The priest, they picked one, right? And they put him in a special garment. They had pomegranates at the bottom to serve his belt, and they tied a rope around him. And then he brought the sacrifice to the altar. And but if his spirit was not right, he died. In the presence of God. And that rope was designed to what? Crack him back out on to the next one. The beauty of, of Jesus Christ dying for our sins is that we don't have to play survivor to repent. But even in 2023, we cannot come to God any kind of old way. We cannot, we cannot ascend the hill of the Lord, the mountain of the Lord, and carry dead weight. Hebrews says to lay aside every weight. What's that weight? That weight is your sin. The weight is your thought patterns. The weight is your habits. Now, now, Brother Jim, I'm about to say a word that people don't like in the church. They're going to get mad at that. They might not let me come back here, but I'm going to say it. We don't like to change. We don't like to change. And I've been paying attention to revival that started out in Kentucky. Now I was at, at a Ohio Christian. I was at the Ohio Christian and I got the Holy Ghost. I thought I'd never see the day. <laughs> I thought I'd never see the day. But glory to God. That there has to be individual change for a corporate move. I'm going to say that again. There has to be individual change so, so the whole body, for a whole church to shift to where God is calling it to go. Amen. But the issue is we are so married to the things that we do that we say we want to go higher on God, but we're like, that, like those people who are training at the veggie cord, I'm only running this song that I get bounced back. I can only get this far because you want to maintain that habit that you've been doing before you got saved. You just brought it with you to salvation. 
You want to hold on to that same friend you have, you, you know good and well ain't good for you. You want to hold on to that same relationship. You want to do all these things, even in the way that we worship. Now, we worship, we, we, the things that we might do in the place of worship is out of habit rather than out of worship. This is how it's always been done. This is how it's always happened. Look, when I was growing up, if, we, if somebody ain't shout, shout three, four times on a Sunday, that means we didn't have good church. But as we call to the hill of the Lord, as we call to a higher relationship with him, there are some things that you have to let go. There's some mindsets that you have to let go. There's some, there's some songs you might not be able to listen to anymore. There's some books you might not be able to read. There might be, you might have to change the way that you dress. Because God wants you to rely on him. When you climb a mountain, listen, about before the pandemic, y'all know about, y'all know about my plans the legacy, right? Look, before, before the pandemic, I could have my son strapped to my back, walk from, the, from my old apartment. It was 2.5 miles from, from the door of my old apartment to the top of Mount Pleasant and be perfectly fine. Now, I look at Mount Pleasant and pass out. See, I got y'all. I ain't one of them serious people. I look at it like, that's a no for me. Because I know I'm carrying too much of my physical body to be able to go up that hill. Mount Pleasant, that's a big old hill. Which is called Stable State. It is a big old fancy looking cliff. But I know good and down on there that this 300 pound person is not going to make Look, if I make it, I might, cry, I might have to call for it. But I'm going to get to the halfway point and I'm like, I'm going to get to but I'm going to look at it and be like is it really worth it? Do I really need to go up there? But give me four months and a reason I'll be good If this talk about a big about Mount Everest going up Mount Everest most of the stuff you take up there with you does not come back. Why? why Bishop, why, 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 is that, why, why is that? Because as you go higher, the air gets thinner. And you have to let go of some things and rely on oxygen to get you to the top. issue why people are stagnant in their walks with God is because they want to take everything with them. But God take me higher. And you gasp them for air because you won't let things go. That's the reason why the body of Christ is in the place that it's in right now. Is that God is calling for a new move. God is calling for something different. God has been shaking things up for everything that has happened is now an attack. Is God giving the church's attention? But because the church wants a church. The church wants to maintain methodologies and protocols that man made up in the first place, ignored, and they, when they made it up, they ignored God's will in the first place. But because the church doesn't want to let things go, we are stuck, and then, then the world is going, we, we need God, but we don't want the God you serve. Because we don't want to climb up the mountain. 
We want the fruit of the mountain. We want the power. We want the authority. But we want the tongues. We want the prophecy. We want all these things. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy. But there's a difference between something being, being put on them and put in you. For some people, you have these astounding moments in the presence of God, but then it quickly leaves. But what if you stop smoking that cigarette? What if? What if you stop hopping on that phone? Come on, everybody but the Lord. What if, what if, what if, what if you paid your tithes? What if, what if, you know, you know, what if you forgave that person you've been holding on for holding witness for two for 30 years? What if? And it because once you start lifting those weights, those things are holding you back, rather than having to come on and off of you, it can become within you. We are called to go from glory to glory. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But we are called to go higher and higher. But the reality is we don't want to let stuff go so we can go higher. I know the church is in a place of great transition. I know and this, this is not me a creepy prophet, my brother not talk. But the reality is, and I can tell you this from experience, because my church and I are literally living this in real time, you have to be willing to let go of the dead weight so that way you can get to where God is calling you to go. It's beautiful to have a building, but when it's $3,900 a month to keep it, you and your $35. Ain't no way. It's great because you get so focused on, on maintaining something that you cannot move forward. I wish I paid attention to folks in September. I wish I did. I'm sorry, y'all. I wish I did. <laughs> but I thank God that the way is not denial. If you're coming to a point in the body of Christ to where we don't have to make some decisions, we're walking into the season of Lent. And know most people don't do Lent. Oh, that's a Catholic thing. But here's the thing. Repentance is everybody's thing. God is calling us to a season of preparation, a season, a season of prayer and fasting. Watching those college students going, going before the Lord the way that they're going forward. That somebody was praying and fasting for that thing that happened. That was not spontaneous, that was prayer. And as we pray from the corporate, you have to deal with yourself and say, Self, what do I have to lay at the altar? Self, what do I need to deal with? And I know that's a hard question to ask. Because we don't like change. We don't. Either they, this might be real bold. Either you make the choice to change yourself, or God's going to shake it up when you have no choice but to change. I'd rather come willingly than come stumbling because everything around me is messed up. That's key. To go up, to go up to the presence of God, you cannot carry all that dead stuff. But Jesus, when God was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll go with you, Jesus, but I gotta go and not bury my daddy. And what you said, let the dead bury the dead. Are you coming? Okay, all right, let's keep going. Go, go, go bury the dead. I, I can't wait for you. I gotta. 
This is the sobering truth. If we truly want revival, first of all, the concept of revival implies that something is dead. Something is in need of resuscitation. I watch a lot of medical YouTube. This is what happens when you don't have cable. You just start picking stuff. And there's this guy that I follow called Dr. Mike. And like his big thing is like chest compressions, chest compressions, chest compressions. And all that does, see, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, and he explained what, what CPR actually does. CPR is as you're compressing upon the heart, it's moving the blood around to keep the organs alive. And if to, for you to do CPR correctly, some ribs got to get broken. You can't be cute. But you're supposed to push down, what, at least, what, two inches deep to the beat, beat 120 beats per minute, same beats for uh, staying alive. So you're, like, exerting energy and force to keep this person alive. That's what revival is. Revival is the realization that, is, that whatever we're doing right now, whatever is happening is not working. I am, I am unconscious. I need resuscitation. So what, the, what, the, what God is doing, he's putting the weight of glory upon you repeatedly, breaking you of some things until you are returned back to life. You have to be willing to live. Sometimes living means you gotta let stuff go. You have to release some things. God, that you have to be willing to be delivered. The true deliverance is not you running on the floor, changing your voice and stuff. True deliverance means you have broken contract with the enemy. You have evicted him out of your spirit and out of your life so you can be burst forward into the eye of God. But we're not willing to be delivered and broken of some things. We're not willing to be delivered and broken of all practices because we've gotten comfortable. But yet we, we, we better go up. We want to go higher. God is calling us to a higher state in Him. God is calling us to a higher anointing, a higher, a deeper level to be, to be not just endowed but be covered. My, my grandmother, the late Bishop Dr. Donna J. Rice, she, like when the spirit would get high, she would say, "Start singing, I'm gonna be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, all in the Holy Ghost." That's what we've been praying for for the past 15, 20 years. That we want to be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in the Holy Ghost. But yet we, but yet we don't want to do what it takes to get to that point. I, in 2023, I want to be so sealed with God's Spirit that it, that that, that you don't, don't walk in my presence because you might because you because it might hit you. If you don't want to be church, don't come in my bubble. I want the power of God so strong in my life that that. That, that the whole atmosphere of rooms changes us by me walking in the door. I want, I want to be able to walk to, to, to be like the disciples that my shadow walks past you and you're here. I want to, be, I want to get to a point to where, to where I'm not, I'm not second guessing God because I know His voice so well. And I've been in church all of my life. I've been in ministry since I was nine years old. But I'm choosing in this season. To no longer be comfortable. 
because comfort leads to stagnation. I want to go up. Anybody else want to go up with me? It's like, don't just say it because I'm saying it, but really, this is your prayer. I want to go, oh, yeah, yeah, can't have a share. You know what I'm going to go up? I want to go up. I want a deeper relationship with God. I want a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Woo, all right, I got to be good. I got to remember I'm still healing. Woo. Better cover all my points. Matthew 5 and 6. This might tear the church up. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. After a right standing with God. Righteousness is not how long your, your coat, how, much, how many layers you got on, how long your skirt is, how, how, how many buttons on your suit jacket. Righteousness is I'm choosing to align myself with God. Those who hunger, some of y'all been, been, been yelling at God about some things because things are not because the math's not mapping in your life. The math is not mapping in your relationships. The math is not mapping. The things are not enough. There's something you just go, God, what do I do? God is saying, just chase after me. Chase after my righteousness. The answer, I got the answer for you. The answer's already been up in your face. If you chase after me, you'll see it. So we're gonna talk about up. Now let's talk about let's talk about out. Out shows what happens after you have come from the presence of God. A true encounter with God is transformative. You cannot leave the way you came in. When God moves, he instructs, sets order, empowers, and restores. Let me tell you something about restoration. Restoration does not mean you go back to the state that you were. When you are restored, think about restoring a house. You don't put it back in its original splendor. You make it better. You fix the wiring. You fix the faucets. You, fix, you make sure that, that it's insulated correctly. You might have to update some appliances so that way it is able to fulfill the need that it's being called to. God is not a God of stagnation. He is a God of progression. He moves you higher and forward. I want y'all to look at this with me. 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yep, it's the right scripture. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Yeah, praise God. I'm a puddle right now, but it's, but it's a good thing. Amen. Second Corinthians 3, 12 through 18 says this. Since then, we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily until the end, of the, until the end of the glory of what was being set aside but their minds were hardened. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same rebel remains. It is not lifted, because it is set aside only in Christ. Yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. 
But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the spirit. You have to understand in the Old Testament that Moses was so, so, so endowed with the glory of God that he had to cover his face because his face was shining that bright. But now that we're able to walk, walk in the power of Jesus, walk in the power of God, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't, that glory has to, has, doesn't have to be hidden anymore. And the word glory in the Greek, and I love, this is my favorite, this, I don't know what you mentioned how you're hearing about this, but the, but the Greek of glory in that scripture is the word doxa. And doxa simply means God's weight, God's approval, God's yes. God's weight, God's approval, God's yes. In this context, it means his majesty, his excellence, his yes. That as, that as we move into his presence, as we, as we grow and develop, his yes, his presence, if we are walking with him, if we are walking with him, his, his weight, his presence will grow more and more in us. We go from glory to glory, level to level, excellence to excellence, yes to yes. Because as we say, the more we say yes to him, the more we say no to everything else. Amen? I'm actually almost done. So the out is the demonstration of who God is. Up is interaction. Out is demonstration. If you look at the at the, the um, Isaiah and Micah scriptures, the first we when they go up the mountain, and what do they return with? They, they return with instructions to change the world. Say that again. When they go up, they went up the mountain to commune with God, and they came out with an answer. Part of the reason why we're seeing things the way that they are right now is that people are trying to get the answer before going to before having the interaction. What's the Bible say? Trust, trust the Lord with, with your own heart, with, with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he will what? Direct your path. Actually, I got the rest of it in here. I was going to use it for the last point. And then it says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. What happens is, we, as the body of Christ, as we say in my neck of wisdom, got it twisted. That we come with the answer before before doing before asking for instructions, and then we wonder why everything falls apart. We wonder why things are the way that they are. 
The scripture said they went up to the they went to Zion, they went to the to the to the dwelling place of God. Again, I praise and thank God I don't have to climb no mountain to get to him. All I gotta do is if I if I gotta follow my knees, if I gotta lay out, I'm gonna lay out. If I'm sitting in my car driving, I got look, I have a 33-minute commute to work. Big God be having some conversations. But I get the answer. I go to commune with him. I go to be filled. I go to be strengthened. I even, even I might have to get corrected in, 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 the, in, the, in the presence of God, but I know I'm going to come out with instructions. Let's go to the book of Luke. Luke 10. This is when Jesus calls out the 72. Luke 10. I'm starting from the first verse. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them ahead of him in Paris to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now go, I am sending you out like rams among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, travel bag, or cylinders. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to his household. If a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't move from house to house. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who they are and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. When you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go out into the streets and say, We are wiping off even the dust of your town that clings to our feet as a witness against you. Know this for certain. The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you on that day, it will be more tolerable for Simon than for that town. What Jesus did in that moment, first of all, that was, if you look at all the narratives of that story, that is the first time that the Holy Spirit is released upon the people. The first time it was, it was air, the second time was fire. We're going to talk about the second time in a second. Everybody, everybody shouts off, this, off the second time, but the first time God blew the pneuma breath. And Jesus gave those instructions, watch this, because they were moving in his authority. He gave him, he gave them permission to move. He gave them the instructions. I'll give you a prime example. I got one of my students here. Because my job is so insane, I have student, I have volunteer students who help me. And what that means is, this is what it literally means, like just kind of just kind of hit me. At any time. They are able to move in my stead to handle something. I'm actually going to be out of town for the rest of the week. And update, they get the instructions tomorrow. But while I am gone, it is their job to run my office. And they have my authority to a certain extent. Can't abide, they, can't, like, they can't do the major stuff that only I can see. But everything else... Do it. Jesus does the same with us. Yes, he has given us authority, but he's also given us what? Responsibility. 
And I think people, I'm not, I was talking with, with, we're dealing with a situation at the school. And I said, like, the issue is that this young, that the student wants, is focused, is what's power. But they don't understand the responsibility. They want all the power, they don't want to follow instructions. That's deep. That's not like some of us. We want all the power. We want to, we want to be able, I'm going to heal the sick and raise the dead. But there's, other, there's instructions to that. There's a way that you do things. So Jesus said, listen, y'all said it to y'all. Y'all going before I go there. Y'all go before I go there. <laughs> to prepare the way for my presence. And these are, these are the rules. This is your bubble. You're, as long as you're in your bubble, you have no problems. You're moving in my authority. We're going to jump down to 17 through 20. And it says this. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you the authority to trample and stakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Because they stated, they stated in lane. Because they followed the instructions of God, they saw they, everything Jesus did, they were able to do. Previously in the Bible, the disciples tried to cast out a demon. Some of y'all know this story. The disciples tried to cast out a demon, but what happened? The demon jacked them up. Jesus, he, they, they were true. They, we tried to get them cast the demon, and the demon, the demon got to be one of them there. She's like, you little faith, come out. Because they were moving in their, in their own strength. They were moving in their own power. As, a, as you follow the instructions that God is giving you. As you follow the instructions that God has given you. As you follow the instructions that God has given you. Since as you follow the instructions as God has as God has given you, you will see the fruit. You will see you, you will see the, everything that was prophesied. You were you at this were you at this church when, when, the, when, the first, when the last pastor was here? All the stuff that was prophesied in that season is going to be reaped in this season. And I know it's hard. I, I understand how it is to lose a pastor. But the beauty is that God has given those of you who are here a memory of what God spoke. And God's word does not return void. As long as you follow the instructions that God has given you, you shall see, you, you shall see what was said in the last season. That's why there's, thank you, Lord. That's why there's such a rub up in this place. That's why the Spirit of God, because you're going up the God is, your God is taking y'all up the mountain. And as you get higher to the mountain, He's giving, He is repairing you. He's healing the brokenness of your heart. He, he is calming your fears so that way you're able to go out and do what needs to be done. Because God is calling for you as a church to do something different. You are, thank you, Jesus. You are called to be different. Don't 
be surprised that your discipline becomes the model for somebody else. As long as you follow the instructions of God, even in your personal life, follow the instruction of God. If God says do A, B, C, and D, don't do E, F, and G. Do what God do the letter. And watch the blessing come. Watch the healing come. Watch the breakthrough come. Watch it. Watch it happen. Now I'm going to talk the last point because we don't know the scripture. Acts 1 and 8. And you will receive what? Power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Before Jesus went up. Terry, wait here. Terry. And you shall receive what? Power. They already had that. that but but that, that moment of the 72, they didn't just wipe off it. They still had power. But, but Jesus said, I can only take you so far. Because if I stay down here, you can't get what you have to have next. Tell wait here. It's a risk to your life. The following of the way, that was, that was what they were called. Or the followers of the Nazarite. Were fugitives of the law. That's why they were all in hiding when Jesus was, was resurrected. They were literally fugitives on the run. And Jesus says, I, instead of run, I need you to stay here. And you shall receive what? Power. Jump to the next chapter. We know what happened. They were gathered 120 of them. We saw 120 men. 120 people. Stacked up in the, in the upper room, they have been praying for, for what, 40 days? Because Jesus ascended. No, they were praying for 10 days because Jesus ascended on the 40th day. The 10, 10 days later was Pentecost. How to make sure I got that right. So they have been praying in that room. Of one heart, of one mind, of one body. And you know what happens next? There was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. What? What was the first impartation we talked about? What was the first impartation? Wind. And then what came next? Fire. Now, for many of us, all of us who are charismatic, we hand clapping, foot stomping, tongue talking. Look, look, I, look, I, look, I, look, I'm bothered to run around the church. But that same power that makes you speak in tongues. It's also the same power that gives you a praying, a praying spirit. That same power that makes you jump up and down, get you, get you, get the whole, get, make a quick and all the other stuff. It's the same power that makes you treat your brother right. What Jesus did was that he gave them the boldness and the strength to be able to, to preach the gospel in a world that didn't want to hear. The fugitive status did not stop because Jesus rose up. It didn't stop. The boldness to preach the gospel and get stoned, the boldness to preach the gospel to get crucified, it's messed up how they did Peter to crucify that man upside down. The, the same boldness to be thrown in the jail repeatedly, the same boldness to be thrown on an island, 
by yourself at the age of 82? The same boldness. The same boldness that you have to proclaim the goodness of, of, of God in your families, in your workplaces, in the store, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Snapchat, on all, all, on all of them. You have been given the instructions. You've had the encounter. You've been given the instructions. Now you can move forward to change the world. I'm closing here. I believe there are some of you in this room who need who need that moment in Zion or you at least need a preview let me come up here or you at least need a preview of what God is about to God, what God wants to do in your life I hear you Holy Ghost for some of you you've been running on empty for the past 15 years but God is saying I want to feel you for some of you you are new to the faith and you're like okay all right, all right, Bishop Cass, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. I want the more of God. I want that, I want that power, I want, I want that. I, I, but I also understand that there's a responsibility, there's a job to do with that power. For a couple of you, there has been static in the spirit realm. You've been praying, and it seems like nothing goes through. And you need, and you need a, a touch from God. 